It's time for a Shway Media Podcast. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in the show do not necessarily reflect those of Shway Media or any subsidiaries. The program may contain strong language not suitable for young audiences. Series discussions will contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy the show! To Dub Turfuge. It's our spooky, scary Halloween episode. I'm Matt. The spookiest. And we got a great assortment of shows for you today, all two of them. Um, first one we're covering is a very popular and now out of print show called Shiki. This aired in the summer and fall of 2010. And is it's about zombie vampires, to put it uh, plainly. Well, okay. Oh, by the way, hi, I'm Luna, and I also run this show. Um, uh, it's... Yeah, well, like, the term shiki uh, translates to um, basically corpse demon. Because uh, in, in Japanese culture, they don't really have what we would consider like a typical vampire um they kind of have their own sort of terminology surrounding it um they also used the term okiagari yeah at, at least in the beginning and then they later on and then switched there's to another shiki. term yeah and then there's another term called jinro uh, which is like a special type of shiki but more on that later it's a it's a it's a day walker for vampirologists in the, in the audience. Yeah, basically. I thought, I, for the longest time, for whatever reason, I thought it meant werewolf, Gene Rowe. No. Well, this show was a, just an emotional doozy, at least, at least for most, at least for the second half. Um, my biggest complaint would be that it drags, um, but, in the first, but, I still enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, the thing... The, okay, so the, the caveat with this show is... Um, the pacing, especially in the beginning, is, like, slow. Like, basically to the point where it takes the audience, like, maybe, like, five minutes to figure out what's going on. And it takes the characters, like, forever. Yes. To the point where you kind of want to jump into the, like, like, jump into the show and be like, oh my god, it's vampires. Yes. Okay. And resume scene. Yeah. Um, it, they were very slow to arrive at their conclusions in, in regard to, are we sure it's vampires? And then in like 12 episodes, 12, 15 episodes later, it's like, uh, yeah, we're sure it's vampires now. But we saw that we just saw the guy get bit. So we're, we're sure it's vampires. I mean, like I get initially 
if you're somewhat suspicious of that, because I mean, you know, that's typically something of folklore. You would not expect that. So I understand. But on the other hand, uh, okay, so someone has two bite marks on 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 their neck of all places it must be mosquito um, mating season that mu- that must be why because it, it that's why there's two bite actually, marks actually uh, mosquito mating actually, season actually the um two bite marks would actually especially if they're close enough to each other would actually not indicate mosquitoes mosquitoes only leave one puncture mark uh if you saw two together um Actually, the first inclination would probably be spiders. Or snakes. Because they have two fangs. Or snakes. Uh, Depending on the size. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's like they just jump to all these like ridiculous conclusions before the actual conclusion, which is vampires. Yeah. And I don't blame them for that. I mean, the main character is a doctor, so he's trained to think that way. So I'm not. I'm not faulting Dr. Ozaki at all for how for his method of thought because when I because when someone in the in the real world dies it no one instantly thinks oh crap we got vampires we got to do something it's like no it was no he had a stroke that that's why he died uh although having studied anatomy a little bit uh it was interesting um hearing all the medical terminology um now again i don't know how they practice medicine in japan um for the most part uh human bodies are human bodies that does not change um however so like on on, on like a basic level that does not change but I, i'm not sure how hospitals in japan are run i'm not sure what terminology they use if they use the same terminology so that part you know i I can't quite comment on but it it was still interesting hearing it yeah Um, well really what grabbed really what i liked about this show especially was the other themes at play like not just not just science has it having its place but just the other themes that you see at work here like okay let me ask you this at the end who did you feel for more? The humans or the okay. vampires? Okay, so here's the thing with this show. Um, <sighs> uh, very... Okay, so... Eat, in, in most shows, I at least try to find, like, some group of characters that I can, you know, root for and get attached to and so forth. Um... There are very, very few uh, likable characters in this show. <laughs> like, for example, like the main character, one of the main characters, Natsuno, is a complete tosser. Yeah, like, he's he's moody. He's rude to everyone. He's just a sulky little angsty sh- shithead. Angsty um, teen asshole, basically. Like the kind who would have... the kind who would join a grunge band if he had the chance. No, he he's way too hipster for grunge. Um, he he's like the type that would go to a shoegaze concert and pretend not to have any fun. Um, oh, wow. Then you have Megami, who's like this pink-haired sort of 
uh, fashionista type type girl. Her outfits are fucking rad, by the way. Oh, the yeah. fashion in this show is amazing. Vampires uh, have great fashion sense. Who'd have thunk? But like, but more on that later. Um, then, yeah. Then you have Megami, who's like a total spoiled brat and just whines and complains about everything, and she's like obsessed with Natsuno to the point of like stalking him. So like, that's creepy. Um, you know, and then you just have like a whole other slew of characters who are just like, oh my god, like like Masao. Do not get me started on Masao. <laughs> uh, props to Todd Habercorn though for giving it one hundred and ten percent. But like, yeah, man, that character is completely insufferable. Yeah, he's, and it, he's just like a, literally the worst. And a creep you love to hate, really, because I did not feel anything for him. Like. He's pissed off that he has a loving sister-in-law. That that's basically how we start. How we like first see his character, like ugh, stupid sister-in-law, and then she's just like the nicest person. Like you, you might want to. You, you could argue that she was putting on a front, but at, but she was still just being perfectly nice to her younger brother-in-law. Like what oh, is your totally problem? She was totally putting on a front, but. See, his problem is that he was, his family just doesn't know how to raise kids. Like, they raise him and, like, spoil the crap out of him. And then his nephew is born. And then they spoil the crap out of him. And then he just gets jealous. And he hates Natsuno for some reason. I mean, I kind of don't blame him because Natsuno is kind of a jerk. But it's just fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um... I guess if I had to pick, like, one character I could kind of get behind, like, probably the doctor, uh, o- Ozaki, who's voiced by David Wald. Yeah. Um, although, there are some things he does that we'll talk about in a second that are, like, I think completely borderline, like, uh, you probably have, like, your license revoked. Oh, I know. Oh, that'll situation. be a fun thing to talk about. I know which part you mean. <laughs> um yeah like it's pretty reprehensible you know just but it is an interesting kind of portrayal and like the basically the lengths people will go to out of desperation yeah um but honestly I, i'm gonna have to side with economy who towards the end just kind of gets the fuck out of there which is probably yeah. what I would have done. Yeah. I've just been like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Really, I just mostly not really sided, but related with uh, Kauri, uh, played by Alexis Tipton, because she, I can just relate to some, some life stuff I've gone through, because she knew that she was in a shit situation. She It was a run, hide, or die kind of thing with her and even though she people would probably be like you should have why didn't she fight she got through it which uh, honestly from some personal experiences i can definitely commend her for like good on you good on you cowrie she just she just got she made it through which for her kind of which for her character the happy go lucky kind is they're usually the first to die in the horror movie so i'm I'm just proud that she got through it um I, yeah i would say like 
the uh, Tanaka siblings are probably like um, the second least reprehensible people in the show. <laughs> um, I think if I had to pick like the character I absolutely hate the most besides Masao, uh, maybe the monk, Seishun Moroi. Why him? Um, but uh, well. Maybe maybe we'll get to it in in, in a second, but um, sneaky little he he is a sneaky fucker. That's all I'll say for now. Agreed. Okay, so what other characters beside the doc did you like? Even um, if even if it was just like loved them because they're trash. Oh, I love the I love all the shiki like um. Um, okay, so the 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 main Shiki family or, or the Kirishiki family. That's not a red they flag. Into, like, they move into like this ridiculous like European style castle, which is I mean like hello, and uh, they're and so uh the dad quote unquote is Seichiro, um, who is voiced by J. Michael Tatum and. In the Japanese, he's voiced by Gact. If you don't know who Gact is, uh, Google him because he's amazing. Um, and they both play that role about as flamboyant as you'd imagine that character needs to be. Yeah. Uh, then you have Shizuru, voiced by Lydia Mackey. Uh, she is like the quote-unquote mother, so to speak. And then you have Sunako, who's voiced by Sharami Lee, and she scares the shit out of me. Yeah, if you want to know what Sunako's like, um, think of that movie where you see the two little sisters, um, like, at the end of the hall, like, holding hands. The Shining? Going, the Shining. La, 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 la. Okay, now take out one sister and make the remaining sister a vampire who's been around for centuries. And that's Sunako. Everything yeah, she said just put me on edge she could have just like said would you like some tea and all i could think was this girl is going to murder someone neither me or someone else but i someone is going to die in her presence it's like she you'd like find her at the edge of your bed just being like hello remember me like yeah creepy creepy little kid not to be trusted um whatsoever but man those performances are top notch for sure uh yep. which brings me to uh the character designs for this show are incredible um if if you are a hairdresser um have we got know, just, a show for you uh content warning <laughs> Content warning, if you're a hairdresser, you might have a heart attack. Yes. Um, also, if you're a stylist. If you work with hair, with hair of any kind, even if you're a pet groomer, just strap in and maybe t make sure you take your heart meds because this show will make you question your 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 sanity if you're if you're working hair. It's it's like it's just one of those things where it's like you know it's some of these things just kind of defy physics. Yes, um, like uh, 
like the doctor's mom's hair. Uh, it she should be ha- having it. Sort of looks like like the best way I can think to describe it is, um, like in a lava lamp kind of thing where one of the balls of wax hits the other one. It sort of makes it curve, like that, yeah. but but with hair. Like there should be a, like she should be listing to the right constantly, but isn't. That that's. I think the... my favorite is probably Cowdy because she has these like, so so she has these these like pigtails, but for some reason the ends of the pigtails form these like star shapes. Yeah. And I have absolutely no idea how the hell this is physically possible. Lots and lots but, of product. Just gel my galore. Style like, gel galore. The amount. I, I don't even want to know what her morning r- routine is. But there is a scene where like you see her get out of bed. And her hair is down. And then it's like immediately like like the next scene. Her hair is done up in her usual style. And I'm like. Huh. Magic. Okay, then. And it's also kind of weird because, like, some of, like, the main characters have these, like, really, like, the principal cast have these really wacky character designs. And then you have, like, these sort of, like, background characters who are animated, like, completely normal. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, some of the some of the characters, like like, parents and stuff. And then yet their kids come out with, like, completely, like, these, like, these, like, wacky hairstyles. Or they'll come out, like, relatively normal looking. It's just like, okay, then. It is the easiest game of spot the main character you will ever play. Like, weird hair or weird looking eyes, and boom, done, go home, you won. You go home, you won the spot the main character thing. Like, uh, the the one, the green-haired nurse, I think her name was Ritsuko, that Colleen Clinkenbeard played. Yeah. Um... And yeah, she had, she had hair that said, that said, I'm going to be important later on. And she sort of was. It's like these two sort of jagged, actually, no, it's two pairs of jagged, like green. Okay. So her hair is like bright ass green and it's sort of like, basically it's like formed into like these weird sort of like pairs of like jagged pigtails kind of but not really and then they form like into one collective like ponytail at the very bottom of her waist because her hair is really really long imagine asking Um, and that imagine asking a four-year-old to draw braids and that is her hairstyle and like i said uh the hairstyles in this show just defy all logic and it's fantastic yes which and speaking of style, let's talk about um, Tatsumi's like red Elvis. Yes, because that is like my favorite thing in the entire world. Dude had some seriously weird taste in onesies, like they would. Oh man, that red Elvis jumpsuit is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and also, and he had matching glasses. Yeah. yeah, fucking matching glasses. And it was great. Please, for the love of all that is fashion, can we talk about Chizuru? My God, who is her so designer? She, because so, I need I need them to design all of my clothes from now on. 
Um, so Shizuru wears these. Okay, so I think my favorite outfit is this yellow. Like, okay, it literally looks like someone just took a bunch of like yellow masking tape and like sort of formed it around her body into the shape of what somewhat resembles an outfit. Um, I think in the in the I was, I was listening to the uh, DVD commentary, um, and they referred to it as like her chrysalis outfit. <laughs> um, but that outfit's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has some crazy outfits. It's kind of amazing. And then of course, um, Seishiro has I think I I have to wonder if him and Tatsumi like actually just share jumpsuits. Possibly. Because they have like pretty much like an equal amount of crazy looking jumpsuits. Although I think Seishiro wears probably more jumpsuits than Tatsumi does. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Chizuru is really the one whose fashion sense meant is just the loudest thing you will ever hear. Or I'm sorry, the loudest thing you will ever see in maybe any show ever. I mean, granted, I'm sure there are other anime out there that have pretty wacky designs, but um, yeah, this this like actually, you know what? You know what it reminds me of? It's like think of like something. It's it's like something like Lady Gaga would totally wear. Yes, yes, but a bit like, more form in fact, fitting. In fact, like if if. Anyone could cosplay Shizuru would probably be Lady Gaga, and it would be amazing. And the one thing that just amazes me is these are some of the strangest outfits ever, and yet she is rocking them. Like, she is owning the owning the outfits. Like, she is wearing them. They are not wearing her. They just... They work to her perfectly. Like, c- considering how, like out there and abstract they look I, I don't i'm amazed that anyone could pull them off and yet here she is doing it multiple times well i mean obviously if you're a vampire you know you have to just crank up everything to 11 you have to be hot by default to be a vampire at least in this show uh. let's see this show um, did well this show was we joke but this show definitely had some um really terrifying moments and a lot Oh yeah, I would say this is probably one of the most terrifying shows I've ever seen. Like not just because of like ooh vampire spooky. Like I don't actually really find that stuff scary. Uh to me that stuff is just kind of like really cool cuz I okay, like I love vampires. Uh basically if if i had to make the list it would be like vampires then zombies then everything else um and it's so hard to find a decent vampire story and i'm so glad that shiki manages to be like one of the few really good vampire anime very it <laughs> excuse me it is it really it quest at third so good that at a point it makes you question who the bad guys actually are yeah like you yes you don't you yes you feel like don't want the humans to get like killed and turned into vampires 
But at the same time, you feel for the vampires because you see just the worst side of humanity, which is a total lack thereof. Like, during the killing, people, the ones doing the killing, were happy and excited. And this isn't just nothing ever happens in this town, let's have something to do excited. This is like, I hate that guy, let's kill him excited. Which just, talking about it even now makes my skin crawl. Yeah, uh, what's, what what really terrifies me about the show is like, and also what I, what I really like about the show is it's not really black or white. Like, it's not, like, good guys versus bad guys. It's, like, no, you have people doing good things for bad reasons, bad things for good reasons, and all sorts of stuff in between. Like, there's not really a clear, like, line. Um, You know, like, the, no one's really meant to be a good or bad person. Or, like, what I want to say, there's really no clear like villain or hero or anything, especially since most of the characters in the show are like completely reprehensible. Yeah. Uh, I have um, a quote from, um, from the doctor and it, and it basically encompasses exactly whatever, what they were doing and is empty your hearts to kill these demons. We have to become demons, which is exactly what they do. Pretty much. Um, this kind of reminds me of so to to have like a point of reference. Um, it's like okay, so there's this really, really, really good British show uh, called Broadchurch. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix. Um, it stars David Tennant, um, and it's it's basically like a murder mystery. Um, he he plays like. Well, he plays a detective, but it's like, well, basically whatever the British equivalent of the FBI is. MI, MI6, MI5. Um, and so, uh, but basically he, he is a senior inspector, um, and, um, no, I think MI6 are like, are like the CIA, it's one of the MIs. Um, might might be MI five. Anyway, the point is he's like a top inspector, um, and they they bring him out to this really small town called called Broadchurch, um, which is like this you know really sleepy kind of cozy town by the seaside, uh, where there has where there has been a murder of this of this little boy, um, and it's kind of similar to Shiki in the sense that like what seems like this you know charming like wholesome little town everyone seems to know each other and you know take take care of each other and so forth and then as they as the police you know start trying to figure out like you know what what happened essentially like as they start trying to get down to the bottom of this of this murder uh, they very quickly realize that you know, people are actually like starting to kind of turn on each other um, in a sense. And that maybe like the people in this town are not quite as hospitable as they seem. So it kind of reminded me of that, how like slowly people just kind of start turning on each other to kind of save themselves. 
so to speak. That's exactly what they did here. They just Um, just lost Minus the vampires, obviously. They lost all their humanity. But the difference with that show and Broadchurch and Shiki is that they had a reason to fear for their lives in Shiki, which is what helped which is what helped push them to to where they ultimately to where they ultimately became just these heartless murderers really cuz they're killing people they've known their entire lives and they don't even and without a hint of regret no like I'm sorry I, I'm sorry you were my best friend but I can't I I have to blah or anything like that and just total just no love or sympathy or anything just completely devoid of any emotion besides survival instinct which is give or take a few characters yeah a few of them a few of them like get were able to have give pause and say you realize what we're doing right and then and then the leader like um then the leader, like, who's I always think... the craziest one, said, yeah, and you realize why we have to do it, right? Like, um, I would say, like, Ritsuko definitely um, refuses to kill anybody, which probably is what, you know, leads to her her undoing, so to speak. One of the few sane um, people in the show. And I know, like, uh, Toru... Um, he does have good intentions, but he kind of becomes one of those people that tries to do good things, but for bad reasons and possibly like selfish reasons. Um, and then Natsuno just does not give a fuck. Yeah, he was really like the dark horse. Like he wanted everyone. He wanted everyone to die, not just humans, but the Shiki too. And so, yeah, I sort of related to his I hate everyone thing and he was basically just from the Shiki he was like the anti-hero because he was killing it because he wasn't he was basically trying to stop them not well, not stop them but not help um, them either basically kind of more of like an anarchistic approach to the whole thing mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Matoko to an extent oh god we'll, we'll get to her yeah, but first, I have to ask, we have to ask each other this. What scene creeped you out the most? Like, what scene just made you just, like, sit back as you watched it and just say, holy fuck, what are these people? Um, Actually, there are two. Uh, one is um, when... Uh, Dr. Ozuki is forced to do this, or not really forced, but uh, he basically uh, rationalizes that he needs to do an autopsy on his own wife. Oh, God, yes. Uh, And she is completely conscious of this the entire time. And it's probably one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. It's it's fucking awful. His wife, who is played by Jamie Markey, has told me. And on top of that. He films the entire thing. And he wants to show it to people, too. He's like, I got the films if you want to see them. No! What is wrong with you? But He even even freaks out the monk. Yeah. We'll get get to him in a minute. About that scene, though, uh, the wife is played by Jamie Markey, and on two separate occasions, 
She is Kyoko told me is her name. That Kyoko, and on two separate occasions, Shami has told me that that is the most disturbing thing she has ever recorded. And I can I completely understand because I had to stop and like tell and look over it and like leave the room and tell someone I loved them and get a drink of water before I could return to watching the rest of that. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just like, dude, like there was no reason for him to do that. Like she wasn't going to kill anybody. No, but he had like, to learn like, somehow. I mean, like, at least do it on someone that, like, you know, probably deserves it, like Masao. Yeah. Capture someone we capture someone who actually did something. Like capture Megami. Do that on her. No, because that's still kind of disturbing. Uh, and then the other one is well, I, I guess I could talk about it. So there there are two OVA episodes. Um, well, technically, I guess they're not really OVA anymore, since they are actually included on the Blu-rays in their original chronological order. Um, but for whatever reason, they were excluded from the original airing of the series, probably due to the fact that these particular episodes are really graphic. And they're probably like the darkest yeah. episodes. Very. But in my opinion, they're also the best. Uh, and those are episodes uh, 21... 20 and 21.5 ish um basically That's taking 20 and place a half and 21 and a half ba- basically yeah. kind of taking either uh kind of kind of taking place either before or somewhere in between the events of those two episodes um and so in one particular episode I believe it's the 21st episode uh so there's this character named it basically re- rewinds uh to the big to kind of to events that sort anyway the point is uh so it features uh motoko um and who has these two little kids um and trying to describe this without freaking anybody out but uh Unfortunately, like both of her kids uh, su- succumb to the Shiki. Well, pretty well. First, it's her father-in-law, so the grandfather. And then basically, just kind of like one by one, the family just kind of starts dropping like flies. Um, and then it gets to the point where like she becomes so distraught uh, that she is in complete denial of the fact that her son has become ill, um, and she's like running around town desperately trying to like find someone to save him um and essentially just sort of descends into madness um when i i think i think it's akira that finds that finds her um like i can't remember but basically it's it's discovered that she is like locked herself in her house and it's all like boarded up and then you realize that she's been holding uh, the uh, remains of her son. By remains, we mean rotting corpse. Well, I meant to say, I was going to say remains to spare anyone of potential grossness, but thank you, Matt. It's what I do. Uh, <sighs> anyway, yes. 
uh, and that is pretty and like the the animation gets pretty detailed and close up and it's gross yeah and it also turns out that um she was basically she was like sidelined like if you're watching from the sidelines for most of it and she was, was the one of the few people to die who didn't become a shiki like she just died like she looked like a zombie because she was so like weak and malnourished but then she just eventually she set Yamairi, one of the regions in the town on fire and to and to put it in the sense of a of a cremation committed her body to the flame and just yeah she she basically like tears off her clothes yells i win and then just burns the motherfucker down. And throws herself on the pyre with it. Um, And that's pretty much when Konami just decides to get the fuck out of there. I do not blame her. I do not either. I don't blame anyone who decided to say, fuck this, I'm out, and leave. I would have done the same. Like, after two people died, I'd probably be like, you know what? Something's going on. I'm going to... I'm going to chill with my relatives in Cabo for a week and not deal with this. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, the one scene that made my skin crawl was after they realized that they had to kill, kill them and started doing so back when they sort of got like a system going with it. It's when the Shiki are hiding in the sewer and then and trying to get away. And then they just mm-hmm. hear all the women who are responsible for body disposal going, three blind mice, three oh, yeah, blind mice, see how they run, see how they run. Um, they ran away from Japanese. the farmer's wife who cut their tails with the carving knife. Have you ever seen such a sight in your life as um, three blind mice? And that just terrified the crap out of me. Like, I don't know. These, I don't, you're is it, is treating it as the... terrifying as what you just sang? Or I'm just kidding. Wow, um, really? We're going there? Okay. Anyway, my beautiful singing aside, because they're... Yeah, putting Matt's, away the Matt's corpses of people. That, voice aside, they're putting away the corpses of people they've known just about their entire life lives, and they're acting like it's any old neighborhood trash cleanup, trash cleanup day. Like the one thing, as a sociologist, the one thing that shocked me the most was how quickly, like, all the stuff they had to do became normalized and acceptable and without any hesitation it's like we gotta kill them and no one said but wait and but wait shouldn't we no we gotta kill them like okay no one hesitated they're like okay let's kill them and like after a few of them it just became so rampantly normalized that no one thought twice about it and that is really just what fucked me up the most my God. Well, also, like, they're still kind of under the influence of the Kirishiki. Yeah. Because pretty much whatever they say goes. 
true true but yes it, it is really fucking disturbing um yeah oh also fun bit of trivia uh so the um the author of shiki is actually married to the author of another which and, is kind of sweet and the author is also the one who wrote macross 7 so yeah Fuyumi Ono got some uh, creative range. Oh, and um, we didn't uh, mention anything about any this earlier, but it was made by uh, studio. I want to say Daum, Daume, Dome, D A U M E. Yeah. Um, who Daume. were also behind uh, Please Teacher, Please Twins, and Minamike. So yeah, that studio also has a wide variety on its plate. Yeah, all of which have absolutely nothing to do with vampires. And I would, and if you want something like much happier, I would much happier and fun and less terrifying. I'd recommend Please Teacher and Please Twins. Um, on I mean, that note, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a really quick break, and when we come back, the du- the little dub that could. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Tim from Shui Media, and I am here to tell you about our 2018-2019 roster of shows. As usual, Brews and the Boys is back again with Michael Sizemore and Tom Ryle, giving you an in-depth discussion every single week about America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of America, the most American show in America, America, the podcast, is back again for season three with host Thebadias A. Stard, the embodiment of and only hope for America, here to make sense of America every two weeks by yelling his important words directly into your ear holes. Next up, the Schwegcast is back again with more discussions in songwriting and the music industry with the schweeziest of the schweezy, Sam Schwegler. And now, on to our new Schweg shows. This fall, we have Dubterfuge with Pod Team Epic, hosted by Stella Luna and Matt Voss, two passionate weebs talking about their favorite animes and everything new in the world of dubs. Then, in 2019, we have Space Adventure, hosted by a guy who goes by Luke. You see, Luke came to us a few months back claiming that he had found a flight recorder of sorts containing several years worth of audio. But the thing is, he claims that that audio is of a crew of a spaceship 500 years in the future. Now we can't confirm the authenticity of these recordings, which is why we need your help. So, when winter 2019 rolls around, be sure to check out the premiere of Space Adventure. We want to thank each and every one of you who tune in every single week and make Shway Media happen. If you haven't already, maybe subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes because it goes a long way in helping our placement. And don't forget to visit shwaymedia.com, that's S-H-W-A-Y-M-E-D-I-A.com for more info, updates, and a new show every week. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Yes. Um. Um, so, final thoughts on Shiki really quick before we wrap that up. Um, I know you mentioned uh, sort of like this sort of slasher aesthetic, which I, I totally agree and I, I love yeah it was there was some of the death scenes that just seemed a little 
too, I don't want to say rapey, so I'll say sexual, like uh, Chizuru's, it, the way she was writhing just sort of felt reminiscent of sexual assault, and the way they were holding her down, that just made me uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, and also in some of the way they were dressed, it's like women in sexy clothing, that kind of thing. Um, also, I think uh, Megami wins the award for most barbaric death. Uh, she didn't get a stake through the heart. Uh, she got her head crushed by a tractor. Oh, yeah. It's the same tractor you see in the beginning. Yeah. And what, and what also resonated with me um, was she called the humans strange to their faces, which it wasn't about for them killing her, but it was just about like the town culture that she hated, which, and as a result, uh, she was the only Shiki whose humanity was questioned. Like one of the guys like in the tractor posse was saying, wait, are we sure that, are we sure she's a Shiki? I mean, like the way she's acting and then like, was like, no, I was at her funeral. She's, a, she's a monster. And that also helped raise the question again of who are the real monsters. And the village was cleansed in fire, which I just thought was biblically fitting. Um, I still think it's kind of funny how like Natsuno really hated her, but in some ways they were both really similar. Yeah. I, I agree. Like with they that. both come from the city. They both wanted to get the fuck out of there. They're both like pretty self-serving people to 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 a degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um on that note, um my overall feelings about the show, um despite its like painfully slow start, um and mildly like reprehensible characters this is still like one of my favorite anime um i think it's probably one of the scariest just in terms of like the themes that it explores definitely how how much of a spiral it goes down um and oh and the music okay the op the, the first opening is banging oh yeah that would be that is uh Kuchis K by uh, Bucktick is the first opening. And honestly, what I really, I really liked how it really what it invokes, like a sort of forced enthusiasm, like is the kind of vibe I got from it. Like, which sort of helped, which I sort of could relate to with um, Megami because she had to act like she was happy when she was really miserable. And the instrumentals on it are solid like totally solid yeah for sure um and also like i think the the visuals on that opening are definitely my, my absolute favorite they're great really what i my um, favorite visuals from the openings was the uh was the blood you see on uh excuse me on in the second op as it flows i love that the contrast of the red against the gray, it was just, it really popped and was really pretty. The second OP is Calendula Requiem by Canon X Canon. Uh, that one was okay. 
I like the visuals a lot. I just wasn't really down with the song. Yeah, it was the visuals for me more than the song, but the song for the first one, definitely. Um, And then also, like, a lot of, like, the insert tracks that they have for this show are fantastic. Like, they make, like, they really help sort of um, emphasize how spooky this show is. Definitely. Uh, the there's whole... some really creepy sounds in there. Yeah. And the actors um, make some creepy sounds, too. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> uh, but there's, like, this, just these weird little, like, I, I don't even know how to describe them, but it's, like, these really... Okay, like, if you ever wanted... If you ever... If you're wondering if, like, water droplets sounded scary, uh, watch Shaky. Yeah, it can it can make anything sound completely just spine chilling. Um, and which brings me to our next show, which is, oh my god, so scary! Holy crap! <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so, uh, this is Ghost Stories in High School. This is one of my favorite anime, and it's mainly because of the dub. The dub is, um, it, it it makes the it anime. Is, what? It's so good. It's so good. Um, so actually, it's it's referred to as the little dub that could. Um, so okay. So here's here's the crazy story behind this show. Uh, so Ghost Stories was a twenty episode anime uh, created back in like uh, two thousand, I think, from Studio Piero. Um, hilariously enough. Uh, that director, uh, the the director of Ghost Stories, uh, also directed Yu Yu Hakusho and then Bleach later on. So that's interesting. Actually, the animation for this show is really, really good. Um, it's just the story is complete shit. If you uh, watch so the original. Uh, so it's based on it's it's based on the novels by Toto uh, Tsunamitsu, uh, and like the basic premise is like uh, okay, basically like a group of kids, um, you know, wander into an old schoolhouse that happens to be haunted, and this cat gets possessed by one of the demons, um, which leads to them investigating like a series of hauntings throughout their town. Cue Scooby Doo theme roll. Yeah. Um, so. The the original story is complete shit. Uh, it's really trite. It's really boring. It's really cliche. Uh, it did not sell very well, and it's it's kind of weird because it's like, think it's like they kind of tried to turn it into like a children's show. It was like, originally geared like, towards. It was originally geared for like children, like an after school kind of. Yeah, like, but they fun put show. It, they put it in a more like um later time slot where you'd normally see like more adult oriented anime or like an anime aimed at like teenagers and adults and also i think some of the concepts were still just a little bit too dark for young yeah. children there was um, a, there was part a part where like the dad almost died or something right uh yeah we'll get to that i mean not that we really need spoilers for the show but anyway uh so needless to say it did not perform well uh, it really sucked. The company took um, a huge loss on it, in other words. Um, and so they approached many companies, actually. And initially, uh, they went to, like, I mean, like, 
every company you can think of, like Bondi, Jenny on USA, like even Central Park Media wouldn't take it, which ought to And they'll take something. anything or would take, used to take anything. They, they took, yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that, that would tell you something. And like, they like lowered the price. Still nobody would take it. They lowered it again. They made it like practically almost free. Um, and then I think they approached ADV, like, I think maybe like three or four times. And then finally they were just like, okay, look, you can do whatever you want with this show. And then that's really all Stephen Foster needed to hear. And he just kind of went, oh, really? And they were like, are you sure? <laughs> do you realize what you're saying that when you say that? Because we will do whatever we want. Well, now, however, there were some very strict rules. Uh, the rules were um, they had to keep the original characters' names, with the exception of Leo, because that's just an LR thing. Um, and the, the Japanese's name is Rio, but clearly it's meant to be Leo. Like I said, just kind of an LR thing. So they had to keep the the uh, characters' names the they same. Had, they had to keep the and spine also, of the story intact like it's a well, like they couldn't just change it like it's a show about kids hunting ghosts they couldn't just say no they're ice cream men now and they try to sell ice cream to ghosts and fail well, no uh but they well, had to keep that well done no shit uh basically they had to keep intact um the ways in which the ghosts were exercised to an extent uh because these are actually based on like real ghost legends like these you know these are like basically folklore that has been passed down for you know like thousands of years like these are real like you know uh, Chinese and Japanese ghosts and they kind of need to keep those intact so and so they couldn't change the names of the ghosts and they had and they couldn't really like edit too much of the footage down or change the initial like basic plot but anything else was completely fair game um, in other words so the like, writing was fair so game. for example like if they had to like you know exercise a demon and then chant you know by saying you know katabe katabe go away katabe katabe you can't stay you know they could change it to katabe katabe kick the bucket katabe katabe you can suck it or they had to exercise a um, snow beast demon once and they were like we want the snow, but not the snow that is yellow. We want the snow, but not the <laughs> snow that is yellow. And then uh, one of one one of my favorite things was um, okay, so that there are jokes just coming at you like like left and right. I don't think you're meant to get every joke. Um, and there's some really obscure jokes. Like okay, there is a joke in there that dates. That's like a reference to a song that was sung by like drag queens like a long time ago. Uh, it's called I think it's called I, I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Um, and they'll, they take the basic lyrics to that song and use it in one of like the incantations. And I think I think uh, Greg Ayers' character says um, says those lines. and It's, it's pretty great. Um, and w when they were recording it at first, like he was like, Steven, like no one's going to understand this joke. And he was like, someone, someone will get this joke. Someone will get this joke. 
oh yeah, but it was like something, 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 but rage along the coast. I may have never been to me, but I have been a ghost. I think I watched that. I watched it recently. So yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I should know. I literally just watched that episode. Um, (laughs) Then my, actually my other favorite line from that episode is, uh, (laughs) um, so the little character Leo is dressed up like this, like Phantom of the Opera type, type thing. And he's talking about how he like made his own costume, and then, um, I think I think one of Monica's lines was like, "Oh my, what a lovely seamstress! I hope he isn't a homosexual." Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So some more background information: they did sort of change the characters, like personalities, to an extent. Like, for example, um, in the in the original Japanese, this this character Momoko, who is voiced by Monica in the dub. Uh, in the original Japanese, she's meant to be an esper, so like, basically like a, a psychic medium. Um, and in the dub, they basically turn her into a born again Christian. Uh, with the <laughs> which I guess Monica ended up like reading a ton of Bible verses, so she get prepared for this role. Um, so she went. Like, she she read a ton, but she also knew a ton just from going to church as a kid. Yeah, like, and some of her one-liners are absolutely fantastic. I think probably the most famous one that everyone quotes is the, you know, do you accept Jesus as your Lord personal savior? No. Yeah. To which the little Jewish kid responds, but I'm Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Greg Ayers will... Greg Ayers will always like talk about that nonstop at cons because he loved Leo so much. Oh yeah. Um, and so the, the thing is like, um, so they, yeah, they like turned him into like a Jewish kid. Uh, Haji is like a pervert. Um, my favorite thing actually, um, oh, well, one of my favorite things, but so the little brother, Keichiro, uh, is voiced by Christine Otten. If you don't know who that is, uh, so she's she normally plays these like mature, like kind of sultry, you know, like husky voice, like older female characters, you know, like um, like as death and Akami got killed. She's also the voice of Lady Death. Um, she's also um, Izumi Curtis from Full Metal Alchemist. Um, and instead, like here she is playing this bratty little kid to the point, you know, where like 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 she'll have like these sort of like one-off like ridiculous like one-liners you know like what's a lesbian (laughs) um but then at one point they literally just took away all of his dialogue and replaced it with just like complete nonsense like just just her going (laughs) she kills me yeah that oh my god and then the other person that pretty much walks away the entire show in my opinion is rob mungle as the demon possessed cat yeah he just like got to go to town on that it's just comedy gold like like i think there's one part where he's like you are the ugliest bunch of kids i've ever seen (laughs) who we yeah he It's, it's great it's great the show when it first uh came out oh yeah so they uh premiered this uh i think i think monica and greg were at were at otakon uh when they 0806 roughly somewhere around then um 
so uh they they quote unquote like premiered this like dub some like at like Otacon and um they got and like people were not happy because at the time like no one had really ever done this before you know like purposefully like you know dubbed a show like with just nothing but like jokes and like really like raunchy ridiculous humor um and no one's ever really done it since unless you call you know, count like, pop like, team epic but that's something else e- even pop team epic was still pretty faithful to the japanese true you know like it, it wasn't they were the thing with pop team epic though is like it wasn't just them like inserting whatever that they, they wanted to into the lines it's just it was more just like them kind of going to town with like their vocal range and stuff um true i mean it's it's still funny but the, the thing with pop team epic is like you kind of just let let the visuals kind of speak for themselves um mm-hmm. but anyway so they premiered this so they premiered this like gag dub, so to speak, of ghost stories at like Otakon. Like people were not feeling it. Like they practically got booed off the stage. ADV um, was getting bomb threats, like almost yeah, like almost it was, it was daily ridiculous. because and, of um, how much people hated this. You know, and like you know, you always have like the keyboard warriors that are like, "How dare you!" you know insult such a great anime as ghost stories you know and like some actors too just have like these egos that you know like how dare you booby you you insignificant mortals um monica and greg just laugh their asses off they're like oh my god we're getting booed this is awesome you know and they're like they're like waving to people as they leave like having you know Gatorade bottles, you know, like thrown at them and stuff. Like it was, it was great. They yeah. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I think several years later, I forget which convention it is. I wish I knew, but um, you know, like it, it's it's kind of become this sort of like cult classic. Um, pretty much any any dub fan is pretty much aware of this show at this point. It's uh, you can find the entire thing on Crunchyroll. Is it dubbed um, on Crunchyroll? Absolutely. They have both the original sub and the dub. Um, so what happened was ADV had had this title for, for a hot minute, but then their initial plan, like I think Steven and Greg had like had uh, talked about this for a little bit, but they wanted to go back and dub maybe just like 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 the first five episodes. You know, like they wanted to go and like redub it with like newer, more like relevant jokes because there's a lot of pop culture references. But no one remembers who Christian Slater is anymore. You know, yeah, like 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 the landscape changes, you know, like, uh, you know, for example, this is, you know, this was in like like smack dab in the middle of like, you know, the Bush era. So all those guys get it good and proper. But like, you know, that this was like. You know, Lindsay Lohan was still sober. Yeah, that, um, she still had a career. You know, this was this was before you know Ted Ted Cruz or Trump or any of that stuff. Like, so like the most political like, like the political joke they made was seeing William Rehnquist on the River Sanzu. Like, um, I remember you know, reading or, about him when he died, and that that like no one's gonna re- like laugh at a William Rehnquist joke today. Or, or 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 even like um 
Gr- uh, Greg actually talks about this a lot too because they, they made his character into a little Jewish kid. Well, this is before that infamous Mel Gibson rant. Yes. So, so he, so from now on, like if if you get him to autograph uh, the DVD, he'll he'll literally write, um, "Screw Mel Gibson, Jews rock." Love I have you. I have such a DVD with that on it. He signed it at a I con do, I do year as well. or two back. Um, just just like bring him a copy. He'll he'll like write that on there. It's great. Um, so what happened was uh, the the license expired. Um, I think ADV tried to get it back, but then obviously after some time ADV fell in. You know they they are no longer a company now. They're Sentai Filmworks. Um. And now Discotech but, owns the license. Yeah, luckily, if you want to buy uh, it. Discotech, which is a company that's known for license rescues, um, now has obtained the license, and now you can buy the whole ridiculous show on DVD for pretty reasonable price. Uh, I got mine at a convention, I think, for like twenty five bucks. Yeah, I um, got mine there it's too. It's also on Crunchyroll. At about. Uh, 20 25 bucks and actually um that i actually let me tell you the story about how i first learned about oh, ghost yeah. so stories everyone has their like ghost story story or like their guardsies wing story so these are always fun to tell yeah. all right so for me it was february of 2015 i was at a convention i was in indiana at anime crossroads uh-huh. and um and I was chatting with Josh Greeley after opening ceremonies. And for those of you who don't know, Josh is the biggest pro ghost stories advocate who wasn't in the in the show that I've ever met. He will yeah. talk about it constantly if if even just nudged. Anyway, I'm chatting with him um, after opening ceremonies, and Greg Ayers, who was also a guest there, comes up. It's like says, "Hey." Hey, what's up? Like, blah blah blah. And then he says, "Hey, I'm heading to the dealer's room. You guys want to come with?" Like, sure, sure. And we're just browsing the dealer's room, and he's we get to an anime vendor, and he's like, looks at it, just his eyes just bug out. Like, dude, pulls it out from the display, and says, and ta- and he and Josh just like start nerding out about this, and I'm like. It's like a parody. It's blah, 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 blah. It's this and that. It's everything we talked about, really. And then, like, I have money. I, I, I should buy this. So I so I bought it, and it actually sort of just became a talking point theme, sort of, at uh, his and Josh's panels that weekend. Like, someone had found, like, a compilation clip of uh, just a bunch of the best jokes yeah on on youtube and just put that up on the projector uh before the panels and every time the audience was no was no exaggeration just rolling on the floor couldn't breathe they were laughing so hard myself included and so then i and so then i got got home after the convention and binged the whole thing and I'm amazed I'm still alive and didn't die from oxygen deprivation. I was laughing so hard. And I just told um, Greg, dude, this is the greatest show anyone has ever recommended to me. Thank you. 
so my story is a little similar. Um, I first heard about it at a convention. Um, little convention uh, called Anime Detour. Uh, you can actually find footage of that panel on YouTube. Um, I was at that panel. Uh, this is this is years ago. By years ago, I mean like four years ago. I think this is like twenty four, like twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, something like that. Uh, it was a long ass time ago. Anyway, uh, I was I was at a panel and someone brought it up. Um, and of course, anytime you bring up like like Matt just said, you know, anytime you bring up ghost stories around Gregor's, he's just like, oh oh hell yeah. I just will we'll just talk about it as for as long as possible. Um, cause he, both he and Chris Patton are like really proud of that show. Um, they had way too much fun. Um, I, I think all of the principal cast just had way too much fun with it. I mean, how, how could you not like given that much creative license just to be as ridiculous as possible? Um, you know, and have it be like an official dub, like that just does not happen very often if ever um so yeah so i discovered it at a convention and okay yeah so it was at a convention someone mentioned it um and then yeah kind of kind of did something similar like i went and got it at the dealer's hall i got one of the last copies too at that particular vendor um and then got him to sign it and everything um and then yeah, like that that kind of does something similar where like they um would like play different clips of it at panels and stuff. And then I also got to see it again a second time at uh, an Alamo Draft House for Anime at the Alamo. And that oh, was nice. a ton of fun. Nice. Um, like like it was just really cool. Like having the entire theater just, you know, like r- erupt with laughter and like also, you know, this is this is the draft house, so we're we're uh, you know we could we could partake in like alcoholic beverages and that just made it even better oh yeah this this is a great show to watch while drunk because it just gets better (laughs) yeah um, i don't remember if it was the last copy or not but it was but yeah it was definitely like one of the few things that i ever like just bought instantly after hearing about it like oh my god i need this show (laughs) yeah it's fabulous um yeah, I like so so many so many great one-liners from that. Some of them I won't repeat because they are really inappropriate, and oh, I don't yeah. know if I want to go that far on the show yet. <laughs> you know, really, we gotta, wanna... we, we gotta kind of get get to know each other better a little bit you know, before <laughs> we before we have that kind of relationship. Yes, audience, talk to us. We want to learn about you. Uh, <laughs> really, one of my favorite sort of favorite things they did was um it was for episode 13 vic mignana uh oh yeah plays, he uses a pseudonym plays an he plays basically the ghost of vincent van gogh and and he heard Wait, was it van gogh or was it da vinci i thought it was one of the some he, he plays yeah, a some, dead painter that that's what yeah, you need to know famous for this. artist guy whatever and he that's, was that's uneasy about like the idea of just going ham on like a dub like he didn't want to like dis like he knew they had permission but at the same time he felt like it would be like a little disrespectful so he's like i'll do it but i want a pseudonym 
they're like, okay, fine. Uh, just, do you have one? No, just pick one. And Stephen Foster was like, big mistake. So the pseudonym they chose for him was Obi Frost Tips. Yeah. Okay, so really, That's the really second quick- best pseudonym. And that's the second best pseudonym in the credits. The other, I forget, I couldn't quite figure out who it was, but someone went oh, under I the can- name Skitchy Fish Market. Yeah. Or in Japanese, Tsukiji Fish Market, the largest fish market, fresh fish market in the country. Yeah, it's it's like world world famous. If you ever go to Japan, go to the Tsukiji Fish Market. It's amazing. Um, you can get some of like the freshest seafood in the entire world. But anyway, um, it's where like some of the most expensive cuts of sushi come from too. Anyway, um. Oh man, what else? Um, okay, actually, really, really quick thing about pseudonyms, though. Um, in 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 this case, um, as the years have gone by, Vic Vic Mignogna has let it be known to the public that that was indeed him. Um, he's told that 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 story multiple times, so he's 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 okay with it. But just in just as a general rule, if you do notice that an actor has used a pseudonym, please do not out them publicly um don't out them publicly and don't ask them to sign yeah whatever it is like okay great a example uh half the cat at least half the cast of dance in the vampire bund used a pseudonym yeah and i have only ever heard one person who used this who used a pseudonym openly talk about it yeah um until obviously many many years later um when i think most most of the cast by now is like okay yeah i did that show Um, yeah back when it was okay yeah after some time has passed and yeah yeah so so the tldr version of that show is it's it's a lowly vampire show by a studio shaft uh, directed by aki kichimbo um so no surprises there uh, but yeah, it's basically about this, you know, like 900 year old vampire who happens to possess uh, the take basically take the form of like a 12 year old girl voiced by Monica Rial. Yeah, <laughs> who's probably like the only person who didn't use a pseudonym. You could count like, on one I like mean, on maybe one hand the number of people who did not use a pseudonym because apparently the rumor going around at the time was yeah, that they if you really used sure. was that if you used it was that if you like did this show you'd end up on some kind of pedophile watch list and no one wanted to take that risk for okay so obvious reasons. at the time very few like lollycon shows had really made it into this much of like the mainstream sphere um and so i think when when funimation got got this show i think it was they had a ton of legal work to do probably oh, to yeah. like really make sure that the show is in fact okay <laughs> yeah because um, yeah because it was like if, if we're gonna dub this thing like we need to cover our asses so pretty much the entire cast save for like three people including the director uh went entirely by pseudonyms some of them are pretty hilarious yeah um, um... Like, and I mean, again, like now, most of the cast and the director are, are comfortable talking about it. Although, 
uh, the director will sort of like mutter it un- under under their breath, like "Don't the road, or or like kind of like cough when he's saying yeah. it. Even the actors who didn't use pseudonyms are just like you can tell they aren't really keen on talking about it. So yeah, don't out people with pseudonyms. It's just not cool at all. Yeah. So um, yeah, back back to my original point. Yeah, like they use them for a reason, um, and you know sometimes it's maybe they're in material that they might not want their name associated with for like I don't know moral reasons or something or maybe they find the subject matter really controversial or what have you a modern example a modern example is um is a sister is all you need that was dubbed uh about a year or two ago and i met jeremy inman at a con he was directing it at while while it was going on and he was acting he was saying that he was going back and f- he had a very good relationship with Funny's legal department as a result of that show because it was a constant back and forth of, am I allowed to say this? Am I allowed to use this? This is what that means. Can I translate it like this? Blah, blah, blah. And he had to yeah. constantly check to make sure that none of the things they say would get the cops called on them, which I completely understand, but... I don't think anyone remember anyone using a pseudonym for that one, but no, I don't. I don't think so. But yeah, if but yeah, um, basically the one the one place now that you see pseudonyms a lot are uh are etchy shows. Yeah, like really etchy shows, like Valkyrie or, Drive, Mermaid, etchy, or like straight up hentai. Um, although like to 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 an extent, and, and also sometimes you might have an an actor use a pseudonym. Uh, just for like union reasons, especially if the actors are out in Los Los Angeles, sometimes yeah. per their union contract, um, yeah. they may not be able to work on certain certain projects, um, you know, that aren't within like you know the this the span like basically like they may not be able to work non union projects, and so in order to sort of have this sort of loophole around that uh they use a different name so then they can yeah. say like technically they weren't in that it was blah 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 yeah lauren landa i know um i she, she said that i could that she was okay with this when i met her a little while back at in uh march she used a pseudonym in um uh, in high school dxd uh which it escapes yeah. me right now anyway she used one in dxd and i and so I was thinking, oh, I would like her to have to have her sign that, but oh, pseudonym, um, can't. This was before season four came out. Yeah. So I and so then I get to her table at autographs, and she has a Zenovia Prince, the character she voiced as under a different name. And so I asked her about that, and she said that was my first etchy show, so I wanted to be careful, and that's just how they credited me for the first three seasons. Three seasons, but. Since it's okay, since I'm fine now with it, I just went back to it, and that, and which is I perfectly okay, perfectly okay. It's just you have to understand you have to understand why they have to cover themselves. Yeah. And yeah, I have a Zenovia, I have a Zenovia print signed by Lauren Landa that she sold me. So you know it's, you know it's okay. Yeah. Um. 
yeah like I, I can totally understand that and then also sometimes it's just kind of fun to come up with like a really goofy name yeah um again you know obviously like when you know like within reason of course you know if if it's like, like a serious show you probably want to be a little bit more serious about it but yeah anyway you can find me um, in some anime as jack mihoff <laughs> i think my favorite was um one that greg Ayers came up with a long time ago um called kumal over me <laughs> i don't remember hearing about that one but i love it <laughs> um i don't remember like i can't remember the full story it's like it was like this it was, it was this show that he did a long time ago that turned out to be a hentai. <laughs> Lovely. He wasn't. He wasn't in any of those scenes. He just voiced the character, like the the, the main character, as like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, still nothing, career guilt by association. Yeah, like it. You know, nothing. Nothing weird happens in any of the scenes that he's in, and he actually didn't know. Because a lot of times when you're when you're dubbing anime, like you just kind of go in almost cold like you really don't have any idea like what you're actually doing you just kind of see the scenes that your character is in and you just voice those lines accordingly you don't really actually see the entire show right um so so this is pretty common um and then when he he realized what what it was he was like oh man maybe i should come up with like a pseudonym and he and he and monica kind of kind of talked about it for a bit and they were like yeah but like everyone knows it's us like, you know, and does anyone like like do we really care? You know, mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. after a while they're just like, ah, fuck it. That's one of the reasons um, Monica was one of the few actors in uh, Vampire Bund who didn't use a pseudonym. And she said yeah. that everyone can art like the instant I open my mouth, you know, it's me. So yeah, why bother? And this is kind of before, you know, Michiko and Hachin and like. Um, later in her career when she started kind of experimenting with these like kind of more lower register characters um, and so forth I think the only time she really ever used a pseudonym is when she did some of the scripts for Oron just in case like she was worried that if people didn't like it (laughs) Um, because that that show had a really like hardcore fan fan following so i think initially she was a little bit concerned about that but obviously the show did really really well and she ended up playing renge so like everything worked out in the end um anyway we are almost out of time i think we're coming up just on the end so um um i think hmm Final thoughts. Let's see. Uh, Ghost Stories, obviously, very too enthusiastic. Thumbs up for me. Um, It's absolutely hilarious. Um, That being said, uh, the humor is pretty much like all bets are off. Um, It is not politically correct whatsoever. So if that might make you uncomfortable or if that offends you in any way, like by all means, like, you know, you don't don't have to watch it um if if you're okay with it then i've I've, you know go for it because it's absolutely hilarious but if you just want to if you want a good laugh and don't care about being offended watch ghost stories yeah 
Um, but if you would find that problematic, I totally understand. Um, and as with as with Shiki as well, um, this is one of my favorite shows. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while now. Um, there are a couple of other spooky shows that we might get to eventually. Um, it's a very long list. <laughs> it's pretty much like my two main fa- like favorite genres of anime are probably like in term like probably like shoujo romance and then you know just like psychological horror. I like comedy um, and advent and action shows mainly. Um, I also occasionally venture into darker, like get really hooked on a darker one. Um, that I'm sure yeah. we'll cover all of which I'm sure we'll cover eventually. But oh, yeah. yeah, um, ghost think- stories is too just like laughing so hard I can't breathe. Thumbs up yeah. from me. It is just nothing but hilarity. It is really like the ultimate. One of the ultimate anime labors of love because yeah. you could tell everyone was just having a blast uh, recording this, and most of it was improv, which is, and they all got credited as writers. So yes, yes, they, they are. They are just you can tell you can tell how much love they put into that, and then Shiki gets another two very traumatized thumbs up from me yeah. because it's a masterpiece at exploring the human condition and just beautiful and just slow, but ultimately the ultimate execution is just marvelous. Like it makes you stop and think and just hug a loved one. It is, it is just that dark. Yeah. I would say, um, the pacing does kind of almost come to a crashing halt in 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 some instances but it's definitely worth it if you if you are patient enough um it's a excellent excellent psychological horror and also like visual horror anime as well um superb visuals um fantastic fashion choices on behalf of the characters um and really really great uh soundtrack as well um highly highly recommend um i would say although stream it initially you know see if you can kind of get a get a feel for it um and if you do stick with it definitely be sure to watch uh the two extra episodes which i think are now in actual chronological order um you can only stream it on unfortunately uh first for uh, streaming wise since uh, the license has unfortunately expired from Funimation Curse You Aniplex. Uh, you can find it um, on Crunchyroll in sub. Um, and it is still available for per- the DVD with the dub is still available yeah. for purchase. Uh, I know right stuff. I know right stuff has it. I think Funny still might. I don't know about Crunchyroll, but it is still available for uh, firsthand purchase. Yeah, and um, it's pretty and getting getting pretty cheap too so or it, it, it was when i bought it so it's under 20 bucks last i checked yeah but get it get it quick because that can very well change especially if it's going back to aniplex um unless you want to wait three years it, and pay 800 dollars for it yeah or something along those lines uh it was on hulu 
and on Netflix for a hot minute. I don't know if they're still there. I have not checked. Um, but if they are, great. If not, um, it's it's definitely still on Crunchyroll. And also, if you wanted to get the Blu-rays, um, they should still be available. I got mine off of Right Stuff for relatively cheap. So if you are if you are at all interested, like again, like get them while they're hot because that could not last. Yeah, I forget where I got mine, but I remember I think it was during a sale and it was pretty dirt cheap. Um, and as for ghost stories, it's very much still available. Um, and but yeah, like you can find the entire dub on Crunchyroll right now. Um, in all of its inappropriate glory. Do yourself a favor and make yourself laugh and by watching that. Yes. Um, anyway, so I think I think that that wraps it up or that just about wraps it up. Um, as usual, um, uh, you can you can follow the show. Please follow the show on our Twitter page at Dubdefuge, um, as well as on our Facebook page. And also you please please subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, and if you do listen to us on iTunes, uh, please, 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 um, leave us, um, you know, uh, we love feedback. A, yes. Leave comments, reviews that really helps us out a lot. That helps out our, our producer a lot. Um, that, you know, lets them know that we should, we should, we should keep doing this. It also lets our sponsors, <laughs> Uh, know that they are we are a worthy investment um, and we like being a worthy investment it means we get to keep doing this yes 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 we do uh, you can find me on twitter and pretty much all the social media um, at shtera that's s-h-t-e-r-r-a on twitter instagram snapchat like the whole that, nine yards that's three r's I think you only said two S H T. Triple R A. S H T E Triple R A. You cannot spell your own name tonight, can you? You know, I I have not okay, to be so that guy. T L D R. Uh, I'm recovering from gum surgery uh, that I had earlier uh, earlier this month. Um, I think like a few weeks ago, and um, I also actually had to repair some uh, stitches pretty recently too. So give me a break. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Matthew H. Voss and my unused Instagram at Vomahanu. Um, and yeah, and and as always, you know, feel free to hit us up on 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 other social medias, especially on Twitter. That's where most of our updates are gonna are are gonna come from. And we will see you all next episode. Thanks for coming in. And that's our show. New episodes drop every two weeks on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time on YouTube. The show is available for download on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Dubgefuge for more updates. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Now this is podcasting.